Hey, ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 114. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Jared, it's great to have you here on the show. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thank you for always asking. And Dom. Better call Saul. One more episode. Uh, so, since he... Can we jump in, Jared, just for a quick sec? <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I just think... I think they'll have a season five, obviously. I think it'll be the last season. Yeah, I agree. And... They already really announced that, like, I think. Did they? I'll check. Keep talking. They announced that they're doing five, but there's no word on whether if that's the last one or not. Yeah, they're definitely setting up for a fifth season, and they're setting up like they're re- being like really obvious. They're basically just like putting puzzle pieces into place that are for Breaking Bad. I and I know a lot of people wish that they had gone like not necessarily into Breaking Bad, but. I really don't think we're going to spend all of season five with uh, Jimmy as Saul Goodman. And I wish, I mean, it's called Better Call Saul. And most of the show is him not being Saul Goodman. So I wish that they had spent more time over the course of this show doing that. But um, Have I told you yeah, my theory? This season's been interesting. There's been some slow parts, which the show is just yeah. slow in general. But like um, the whole Jimmy and Kim thing has been really weird at parts and then they've actually like come through and I don't know, it's, it's been a, it's been a good season, but, uh, definitely some ups and downs, probably my least favorite of the seasons. Yeah. It's been weird this season. Three was like absolutely flawless and just like heartbreaking and, and glorious. And it was just every all emotion. Three of the first, yeah. the first three are great in their own right. They're all really interesting. Yeah, it, the next season I'm predicting like a f- at least a full episode in black and white, like of him in the future. That's what I was gonna say. You know, that's it, like at, like post Breaking Bad, whole yeah. episode. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, what's what else going on, Jared? Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Sorry, it's a little late. I was gonna say <laughs> that right after Dom introduced himself, but I had to give you guys the floor there. Um, yeah, nothing much. I've been playing quite a bit this week. So, Life is Strange, uh, the first episode of Life is Strange Season 2 came out, so I wanted to nice. get to that, but before that, I wanted to play Captain Spirit, the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit, because it was Captain like a... Captain Underpants? Yeah. Uh, it's a spiritual prequel to it, and people didn't know why. Um, they said that the character that you played in uh, Captain Spirit isn't the character that you would, the main protagonist in uh, Life is Strange Season 2, and... Did um, you play Before the Storm? No. Um, so yeah, I played Captain Spirit. That game was cool. It's short. It's only like an hour and a half. Um, the kid in that is really, really interesting. The story is quite sad, which you'd expect from Life is Strange at this point, if you yeah, are familiar yeah. with the first season, or I'm assuming people played Before the Storm. Um, I really enjoyed it. I do suggest if you're going to play Life is Strange Season 2 to play it. It's not mandatory, but I do think that story is engaging enough to uh, give it a try. And it's not that long, like I said. It's maybe like an hour and a half. Um, two hours if you're kind of slow rolling it, you know, going through every little nook and cranny. Um, but once I started Life is Strange Season 2, Episode 1, which I'll get into shortly, at the uh, once you start that, you find out how Captain Spirit connects to it. And I don't want to spoil that for you guys, but it's immediately evident how they connect. Um, nice. Life is Strange Season 2, Episode 1, uh, I really liked it quite a bit. It's a different story. Um you know, I, I don't want to spoil too much because I know Jordan, you're interested in playing it, right? Yeah, I'll do the uh, before the storm, and then Captain Underpants, and then uh, <laughs> season two. 
And I'm, I'm assuming I I don't remember you saying anything about Life is Strange, Dom. So I don't know if you're interested or not. No, I've never played. A, I'm interested, but I never got around to it. But it's fu- it's weird that you brought it up because I actually just downloaded it on my iPhone, which is weird. Um, they give you like the first episode free, right? One of those deals. Yeah. Um, and I started playing it for like I don't know 20 minutes, and it works really well on an iPhone. It's like surprisingly well, like walking around and, and, and what have you. It works really well, but interesting. And then, it, like, the full game is, like, eight bucks or something, so I might end up actually playing the... I mean, Lord, strike me down, you know, gods of gaming, but I might actually end up playing this thing on my phone. Yeah, I completely disagree with playing it through it on a phone. I think that detracts from the from it, but if it's the is only it on way Switch? it's going to get... Uh, I don't know. I, I would even say don't play it on Switch either. I would say just buy it on PS4, honestly. Um, it's my opinion. But if it gets you to play it, then I'm, however you want to play it, play it. I just is think it... Like it a... <laughs> hyper immersive kind of game that you want to be like yeah why ps4 over switch i don't think it would run that much better uh i don't know it doesn't seem like dom really plays do you play uh on your dock that often dom pretty much never i'm always a handheld on the switch yeah so but i see this like the game's not on switch right it's almost like an american they're almost like american visual novels these and the telltale games I think these are drastic. I think they come from the same DNA as Telltale, but I think they're a lot more... Not a lot more, but they are more complex than the Telltale games. I don't know. I just think you take away from the experience playing on a smaller screen, in my opinion. But teach yeah. their own. I mean, yeah. With that, that's anything on a smaller screen, right? right? Like, yeah. I, but think, if it's, I don't know. I think you're good either way. I think, I think they're uh, same tier as Telltale, but I do think that that means they're all good games you know in my book so yeah um no i don't mean that in terms of uh telltale being worse than life is strange but i I think they're a little bit more involved i think telltale's mechanics seem to be even simpler than life is strange for the most part um but yeah that's cool that you're interested in if you want to play on your phone play it on your phone i don't want to detract you from that um but yeah so life is strange season two it has subtle ties to season one but it's not like directly correlated so if you wanted to just jump into season two without playing season one, you perfectly you're perfectly fine with doing that. Um, I will say that I think this game starts off on a better note than uh, Life is Strange uh, season one. Um, I think season season one gets better the more episodes you're into it. Um, I think it really ramps yeah. up with episode three. This one kind of hits the ground running, and I think it's partially due to the fact that they already know the formula that works for them, so they're willing to hit the gas pedal a lot earlier. Whereas I think with yeah. the first season they were they were kind of worried and they wanted to get you kind of used to the world and used to their their mechanics and how things are set up in Life is Strange. Um, like they I said, it gave away episode one for free of season one, and I I don't necessarily know that that would have been enough for a lot of people because I do think it ramped up, like you say. Yeah, this also has there's a price differential between season two and season one. Uh, season one was like the telltale price of like twenty twenty five bucks for the whole season. This one's forty dollars for the whole season, and instead of Damn. it being instead of it being five episodes a season, it's eight uh, five dollars an episode. It's eight dollars an episode. Um, I'm personally not mad about that because with the recent news we've seen with Telltale and their sales numbers, it wasn't a sustainable model. Um, so I understand the price increase, and for me, I think it's worth it. Obviously, everyone has their own value of like what's worth X amount of dollars to you, and I think these experiences. What I played with Life is Strange is definitely worth $40 um, for me. And obviously everyone's going to make their own decision with that. Um, 
But with uh, episode one, they introduce you to some really in- cool characters. Uh, unlike season one, where it was focused around um, Max, this one has two main protagonists, uh, and it kind of follows their journey. And this one is very much rooted in the current political climate, but not in a, an overt way. Uh, I, I think it really tackles issues that we're dealing with today and kind of turns them on their head. And there's enough <coughs> superhero vibe in this um, that will get people who are more interested in that side of Life is Strange excited because obviously the first Life is Strange follows somebody with a power. Uh, I don't want to, sp- I'm speaking vague even though the game's old because Dom might play it. Um, Rewind time. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah it's you, been spoiled a hundred times over, so. Okay. I, I just say. Is that even yeah. a spoiler though? Uh, I don't know. If you're jumping into the first time and you don't know that she has time manipulation powers, the game's called Life is Strange. You know what I mean? They didn't market it that way, I guess. I d- yeah. And also, it depends on how much marketing people pay attention to, right? Some people it's been too like, long watch anyway. trailers or. Yeah, I just didn't want to spoil stuff since I like partially spoiled something for Spider Man, remember, by accident. So I'm being extra careful now. Um, for Dom, anyways. Um, yeah, so I'm really enjoying it. I would like to go into it and talk about the episode specifically, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys if you're planning on playing it. Um, I just want to say that I think it starts off stronger than season one. I like these protagonists a lot. Um, the story already has me captivated. Um, and yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. Like it's it's really cool. And uh, per, from my own life experiences, there's a lot of relatable stuff in there that um, I'm really digging. And the other thing I played was Forza Horizon 4. Obviously, that game came out on Game Pass uh, on October 2nd for free for anybody with Game Pass. Ooh. I'm not a racing game guy, so there was n- not a chance in hell that I was going to be buying this game, obviously. But with Game Pass, since I'm subscribed to it, it gave me the opportunity to play it. Um, I like the Forza Horizon <laughs> games. <laughs> that sounded exactly like an ad for just one second. <laughs> but with Game Pass, the opportunity was there for me to play it. Yeah. Um... Obviously, we've talked about uh, Jordan how you feel that you like the Horizon games, but they're they're not they're still a little bit too sim for your tastes. Which, if I was more of a racing guy, driving. yeah, exactly. Um, for me, I like the Horizon games. I think they're arcadey enough for me to enjoy them for what they are. I'm not somebody who's going to be. I doubt I'll beat this game, quote unquote. I, I'll probably yeah. put in as much time as I can before Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes out, which is uh, October fifth, the day after we're recording this. And apparently um, you're going to need a lifetime to finish that one. Yeah, the open right. world racing games, you just kind of fuck around in until you are done, and then you can jump back in later and have some fun, I think is the best way to do it. You know? Exactly, yeah, and it's an, it'll be a nice palate cleanser for me because I'm going to be playing Odyssey and then Red Dead 2 back-to-back, so that's like a lot of open world. Yeah. And I definitely don't want to yeah. fatigue myself with that, so I'll definitely have it there to palate cleanse, like I said. Um, the cars feel great. The open world nature of it is really cool there's a lot of varying missions um, if you played a Forza Horizon game a lot of the staples are there the the stunt races the off-road races the street races all of that stuff um, this game it's beautiful which I, you know everyone said that it's just incredible and I don't even have a 1x so it's like I can just imagine how beautiful this goddamn thing is when you have a 4k TV and a 1x um, 3 uh, Forza Horizon 3 on a 1s like with HDR looks fucking great. 
Yeah, the, the, maybe these are the showcase titles, right? They always are. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I do love about the Forza games that I've known about, even though I haven't played all of them, is that they have a really dedicated community to uh, skins, which are obviously liveries for cars. Um, and there's a ton of them. So right now, the one of the first cars you rock is a, a, an Audi RT, TRS or something. Once again, I'm not a car guy, so forgive me. It's, a, it's an Audi, um, but I downloaded an N7 skin. Uh, and it looks super dope. Nice. So I'm just driving around the nice. game in, a, in my Mass Effect car. Um, nice. And there's a ton of different ones. There's like a really badass like uh, Heath Ledger Joker skin. There's Rick and Morty skins. Whatever you can think of. Classic Batman. It's really yeah. cool. Um, they do that in uh, Need for Speed too. And people, like you would not believe what people put out there. And then you just, it, like it's an instant free download essentially. If you want to put it on your car. And then it's added to your library yeah uh, they also have the bond cars which i thought were paid dlc but they're not you can just buy them with nice. the in-game currency which is super dope so i'm going to be picking up one of those bond cars um which i'm not against it being paid dlc i understand it's probably a license they had to pay for right but it was a cool yeah. surprise to see that you can buy with in-game currency once again i'm i'm not super ingrained in the series so maybe that's a normal thing and people are like oh idiot um one of the <laughs> yeah exactly uh the thing i love about it too is that it's very like noob friendly um it, it's the forza horizon games are very noob friendly but they're also very car head friendly like gearhead friendly as well oh, so like yeah. oh, somebody yeah. for me who like i'm not a huge car guy they have like the lines in the road that kind of give me a detail like oh you should speed up here you should slow down here this is where you should drift kind of giving you like, tips without actually being like onward onward like descriptors right of the things you need to do sure. is really helpful obviously there's difficulty settings um but if you're like a gearhead man you can go into the minutia of cars on this you yeah. can tune specific parts all of that stuff yeah. and i clicked in and i was like whoa too much for me but that's cool it's yeah. here and i i yeah. promptly backed out and never went to that screen again i was like oh this is too much for huh? me um but it's cool that it exists for people who are really into that. And I obviously, these games sell millions of copies every time they come out, and there are people that are that into it. So I appreciate that it hits on both of those levels. Once again, just having a blast with it. Um, yeah, I'll probably get hours in here and there between Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Red Dead and whatever I want to break. Um, but yeah, just having a blast with that. Uh, I'm not going to go too long on things I've watched, but I, I'm doing a tandem of shows right now. So I'm finishing season two of Atypical, which is one of my favorite shows on Netflix. It's about this kid with autism who's on the spectrum and living in a household and how having autism doesn't remove the fact that people just grow up in dysfunctional families. You know, so it's like his mom cheated on his dad and his sister's going away to a private school. And it's just a really cool, like, coming of age uh, t television show on Netflix. I really enjoy it. And I'm balancing that with American Vandal Season 2, which I'm enjoying as much as I did the first season of American Vandal. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I really like it. It's just like, it's so funny to see a show handle such dumb comedic material so seriously. And that's the whole yeah, point of the yeah. show. And it oh, just, yeah. it hits. And it's one of those shows that if they tweak things in the slightest way, it could definitely fall flat. But they manage it so expertly. Um, so I'm trying nice. to finish those two shows in time for the upcoming Daredevil Season 3. And I'm really into uh, the chilling adventures of Sabrina, which is the Sabrina mm. the Teenage Witch show on Netflix. They recently released a first trailer for that. And that looks really cool. Way more horror than I expected. I knew it was going to have horror vibes in it, but I didn't know they were going to you know, crank the knob up as much as they did. And... Uh, 
super interested in that. That's I don't know if that's a show I'll continue watching, but it has me for episode one at the very least. So yeah, it's pretty much it for me. What about you guys? Do Spider Man? I platinumed it. I Hell don't yeah! Know if we talked about it, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we talked about the game, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much else to add, but yeah, it was a bit grindy at the end, but it was good. It's a good game. I like it. It's a great game. Um, after that, I played a few rounds of Battlefront Two. Yeah. Noise. You heard that right. I was like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna get back in there and see if that Clone Wars stuff uh, they said they were gonna put out came out yet, and like if I can play as Obi Wan and General Grievous yet. I don't think that's out yet. I guess I could look that up, but didn't seem to be available. I did get to play in like <clears throat> a Naboo level. I didn't remember from like the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Um, did you the Naboo hangar? Were you feeling the microtransactions? No, they're not. I mean, they're not there anymore. Like, yeah. I don't think. I don't know. They haven't would, come back, right? Know. They said they were going to come think... back, but I don't know if they maybe they came back less intrusively. Yeah, there. I w- tried looking for them a few months ago when I was playing, and it was like, I think you can buy credits, but you can't because you can't buy loot crates, from what I understand. I could be wrong on any of this, but I think you can buy credits and use that to buy extra skins, like you know, the ones you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're expensive, but like, like the Han Solo, uh, you know, the younger Han Solo skin, I think you can buy uh, straight up, but you can't. Uh, as far as i can tell you can't buy loot crates anymore how was matchmaking yeah. was there a decent player base like did you have a long waiting time for matches or anything or was oh, it just normal yeah, yeah there's a there's a shit ton of people still out there so it's yeah cool um because i mean they've said like they're they're still putting out major updates to this motherfucker um, yeah you just don't sorry. know how, how many people <laughs> stay on on board even like with the star wars game it's like that game's already been out for is it a year and a half or two and a half years dude there's there's people playing battlefront one oh, at this point not even a not even a full year Cause it was like November, I think, it came out last year. I thought it came out in 2016. No, because uh, one was in 2015. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm way off then. Yeah, I mean, people still play but it, yeah. Jordan, but I was specifically like with matchmaking. You can kind of tell how barren it is depending on how long it takes to find a match. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. yeah. With this one too, I guess I mean some of the game modes have a lot more people, which makes it tougher. But there's not that many game modes in general, so that helps. Yeah. God, it hasn't um, been a year. what I remember. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, right. It, it feels like it's been for like yeah. two years for me. I don't know. Because I'm thinking of the whole shitty single player story. Like, yeah, that, it happened. Yeah, there, there was a story. And it, well, yeah. they were like hyping the fuck out of it, and it was just whatever. Well, they were they were hyping that this one had a story. I don't know if they were necessarily hyping the story. Well, no, because they hired uh, Janita Gavankar, who's a great actress and did yeah. a great job in her uh you know like motion capture role and shit and even like i think a couple of her crewmates were um smaller actors and then um they hired uh walt williams is that his name walt williams and yeah, mitch dyer to write it yeah yeah and like he's written games before i don't know it was just like they acted like it was going to be a solid story. He wrote Spec Ops The Line, man, which is like... Right, a... <laughs> they acted like they were put... Like, not that he and Mitch didn't put yeah. effort into it, but I'm saying EA as a whole. From what but they've said, that... too, is, like, working with Star Wars and trying to get a story that's canon is hard enough. Like, there was a lot of yeah. stuff that they had to, like, change, and, yeah, they, they, they didn't talk negatively of it, but they said... They basically said how hard it was to write a story for a Star Wars game, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... 
Yeah. I think like the biggest problem I had, like the story itself wasn't terrible. It was actually pretty good, especially towards the end. It got good. Maybe a little cliche at points, but it was actually good, the story. But the way the story uh, you know, was weaved into the gameplay yeah. did not work at all, right? So that's what it if this was just a book, it would probably be better. Much better. But that and that's something that like God of War and like, you know, Last of Us and Uncharted do like expertly, those kind of games that are like cinematic. Like the story like fits in fits with the gameplay so perfectly. Whereas yeah, Battlefield two the opposite of that. This is a bad example. Battlefront right? Battlefront two. Battlefront Battle Battle Isn't that what people complain about with Uncharted? It's like he's murdering all these people and then he's just like jostling around in the yeah, so yeah scenes. yeah he's so not that talking would about be ludonarrative dissonance he's talking about like yeah. just that the gameplay makes sense from like the the action beats of the game make sense with the gameplay as opposed to the character doing the actions doesn't make sense for the story if that makes sense yeah it's I, it's hard to describe but yeah. i know i know what i'm trying to say <laughs> yeah he's not talking about um, narrative well, dissonance well regardless like they have much better stories than this game clearly so yes. yeah <laughs> yeah certainly but anyway, played some more of that. It was good. It was a fun time. Uh, you know, you got, you got the heroes, you got the, the Siths and Darth Mauls and all those folks. So that was good. And then, like I said, I, I popped in a Life is Strange. That was that was something. Uh, nothing to say on that. I'm gonna keep going on it. I think it seems cool so far. I thought there was one other thing. Oh, I've been watching Better Call Saul, of course. Uh, we we got into that. I feel like there was something else, but I'm not remembering. So that's it. Uh, Big Bang Theory final season. You've been been watching that. <laughs> Wow. It's not even funny. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> are you still kind of going with Clone Wars? Oh, that's what it was. That was the one more thing. And yes, I finished it. The whole six seasons? Yes. Damn, are you going to watch Rebels? Yeah, I, I was looking into it this week of like where I can watch it, and it's really difficult because like you the pretty story... much can't. Unless you buy the episodes like off like Amazon or Google Play. You know, like twenty bucks a season. There's nowhere to just like straight up stream it or whatever. So they used to be on Netflix and then they got taken off. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna figure it figure it out though. I just don't want to spend thirty. It would be sixty bucks, or you know, eighty bucks for four seasons of that show. Granted, I'd own them digitally, but what, I don't really care to have that. What was that rather joke just stream you were giving them. me shit for last week, Dom? Yar. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done anything like that yet at all. <laughs> all I'm saying, is, I all I'm saying is, if you want to watch Rebels, we can make that happen. But uh, Resistance is coming out, what, this weekend? Yeah, I'm skeptical on that one. Just It looks like it's going to be not something I want to watch. It's just the same team. The same team's done all three of these series. Yeah, it's just the mm, art style is different. Same. Animation, not, uh, not exactly the same team, but like the same main creators core, and executive yeah. producers. The core. Uh, is that everything done? <laughs> That's everything. Yeah. yeah. Jordan, what about you? We know you watch Better Call Saul. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Thanks for letting me jump in there. And uh, so I'll give quick shout-outs to some shows. Uh, finished Justice League Unlimited season one. Finished uh, Teen Titans season two finished uh fate zero so fate okay it's fate slash stay night is a japanese japanese visual novel and it's got oh is it is that what it is i i never would have guessed that's what yeah, yeah that was yep, based yep, on yep, that title yep, yep, yep. <laughs> there's a sequel called uh 
something atroxia, A T R O X I A. But that's actually a it's a Greek word. Atroxia is a Greek phrase, I guess. Something like that. Anyways, anyways. It's a god of Japanese um, anime. <laughs> that's exactly what the Greeks were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. But there's spinoffs and there's uh, you know lots of anime and there's basically like in the main visual novel there's like three different timelines that are separate from each other but they involve the same characters if that makes sense and so um, some of the anime is kind of um, adapting those three timelines and uh, so I've finished the original anime series then I finished Fate Zero which was like the uh, prequel series that is um, a lot of people consider one of the better anime series of all time. And now a newer one that's also being considered really great anime series, uh, which is another timeline, Unlimited Blade Works, um, that I just started. So, yeah, the Fate slash Stay Night series is pretty good, Dom. But the original visual novel, I don't think I could play it unless... You know, I knew someone who was a pirate on the internet and can do like a ROM of a fan translation because um, there's no official release here in the United States. It really sucks. You know, it's like they don't even want me to buy it. So, but anyways, got through that whole series. Uh, comics, I'll just say that I'm basically caught up with like the main deal with the DC, I guess, rebirth, you could call it. Um, Teen Titans, Titans, uh, Justice League. Um, Jared, how many issues have you read of the new Justice League? Uh, uh, I'm I'm caught up. I haven't read the one that came out yesterday, so I haven't read nine. So you've read the first eight? Yeah. And I I just read issue one of that, but, um, but like I caught up with Teen Titans. It kind of sucks that they changed the whole team up. Like I'm even cool with this new team, but I was really just into where this... Uh, original team was going and uh, I read Heroes in Crisis number one I think uh, that was really fucking cool it's very divisive know, some people hate it that. some people love it I really liked it no it's it's great it's like yeah uh, you know I don't know how canon it is or whatever because spoilers it talks about you know it just shows uh, Arsenal and Flash Wally West just dead as fuck so I don't know if that's you know how real it is but um it basically deals with ptsd and some really cool ways with superheroes and i really enjoyed that read the first couple issues of doomsday clock um which is going to be ending later on this year and um you know for it being essentially like a watchman pseudo sequel i really don't think it's um you know bad you know it's written by jeff johns first of all it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination and it's not like disrespectful or fucking anything up you know about watchmen i think it's a a cool way if you were going to do a, a type of sequel um i'm enjoying it so far two issues in so i think there's seven currently um oh and then i'm caught up with justice league dark which is really fucking cool because wonder Same. woman's leading this team and did you read the Witching Hour uh, special? No, that dropped yesterday. I haven't read that yet, but all the other ones. Yeah, I'm so on. they're that's like going into an event that they're doing that's crossing over with the Wonder Woman comic, uh, which I'm not caught up with. So um, that stuff's really cool too. Really dealing like deep uh, 
thick fucking magic stuff over there in that comic. Thick. And, um, yeah. Lots of other DC stuff. And then, of course, I've been, um, you know, kind of just reading my weekly stuff. It's cool to finally, for once in my fucking life, generally be caught up with uh, DC and then Marvel Fresh Start, not uh, the other stuff that's still going from all new, all different Marvel, but definitely the Marvel Fresh Start stuff. So, um, have you read Fantastic Four number two, Jared? Uh, yeah, caught up on that as well. Really fucking cool where that's going. Um, yeah, I won't talk about all the fucking comics. Well, one I thing I wanted to, to say, there's the, two things real quick. Shoutouts. Shoutouts. Well, we're still in comics. One, uh, today Brian Michael Bendis announced that he's bringing uh, a Young Justice comic, and it's going to have Connor Kent, Fuck, uh, yeah. Tim Drake, and I can't remember the third person that's for sure going to be in it. Uh, oh, uh, so Impulse. is this? So is this uh, based in the TV show universe or the comics universe? Comics, I think. It's still going to have the three main characters: really? Tim Drake, Connor Kent, and uh, Impulse. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's in the comic universe, but they didn't mention either way. Because um, I mentioned uh, Connor Kent, Superboy coming through in Super Sons of Tomorrow, but that was uh, like a futuristic version. Yeah, and, this is uh, the. Y- same with Bart Allen. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Dom, the thing I want to tell you is there's a completed series called Batman White Knight. Have you ever heard of it? Nice. I think we talked about it because uh, the storyline was oh, something Bat- different, like Bat- really different. So Batman Damned just started. That's <clears throat> the one with Batman Dick in it. And then yeah. Batman White Knight is Jared. It's basically a story where the Joker becomes Jack Napier again, and he becomes the White Knight of Gotham. Oh, so like okay, he's no, we did not talk about this. So he's it's a completed series. You can read all of it now. You can get it. Um, and I barely started, it and I'm already enthralled. It's basically an event happen. I don't want to ruin the comic for you. An event happens at the beginning of the comic that turns the Joker back into Jack Napier, and he basically is super intelligent, obviously, and it's his goal to kind of take Gotham back from the Gotham City PD and from Batman and he's called the White Knight it's really interesting so just something I think you might be interested in reading it's a completed series you don't have to worry about anything else it's tied into its own thing it's also part of the black label I want to say but I'm not too sure um yeah it's it's really interesting so I'll just actually I think Damned is the first black label comic but White Knight might as well be um I'll just say DC and uh Marvel too, but uh, especially DC, I think, are putting out plenty of like mini series that don't really have any connection. They just don't have any connection, I should say, to the main like comics universe. So they're way easier to jump in on in there. You know, yeah, it's a lot of really interesting stuff. So that's actually, since we're kind of you know wrapping up comics conversation, I'm trying to like finish catching up on a couple of books that I'm in on for DC Rebirth and then probably go back for a couple of individual books like Wonder Woman, uh, Green Lantern, stuff like that. And then I want to get around to those series that we're talking about here, those mini series that they've I just, been releasing. I know you don't read a lot of comics now, but I know you love Batman. So like, I read this and I was like, yeah. oh, this is super interesting. They've actually, with Batman Damned, Batman White Knight, and there's a fucking another one just Kings of really Fear? released. Uh, Kings of Fear is a good example, but yeah, they're just like separate mini series usually less than six issues six at most and they're really good stuff um creature of the night's one of them but there's another one that i'm thinking of 
We're running a little I know, long. I have so like, like, sorry, go ahead. Dan. I have like a, a Amazon wish list of like ten different Batman comics that that I want to get around to. Uh, the ones you probably, if you ask anyone, you know where to start, they'd probably give you some of those. So I like bookmarked all those. Like, like one day Dark I'm gonna Knight get to returns those. and all those. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a tablet, Dom? No, I have a larger phone. So yeah, that that was really I good like for reading. The I have a. <laughs> Uh, an iPhone 6s plus I like reading comics on that but I also like reading comics on the iPad um, yeah before we go on to the news Jordan let us know what you've been playing yeah so I'll just jump around real quick with these uh, into the breach we talked about in our chat um, thank fucking god someone finally put a setting in for different font sizes in handheld mode versus docked TV mode fucking thank you into the breach Sorry, do you know the developer's name, Jared? I'll look it up for you real quick. It's escaping me. Um, but really cool game, Dom. It's like, have you seen the footage of it? It's like a, yeah, a grid, yeah. tiny little grid, and it's the super sci-fi. It's actually like a time travel game where where it makes it roguelike. Um, if you fuck up in your little strategy simulation that you're doing, you just jump to a new timeline, and it's the same places mm. that you've unlocked, but they're, you got to like redo the battles, essentially. And there, I'd say it's uh, procedurally generated. It seems like subset games, the same guys who did FTL. Subset to you, FTL. They did subset games. There, the, they also did FTL before they did FTL. Uh, yeah, the faster breach, than yeah. light. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So yeah, um, Into the Breach is really cool. And um, anything else I want to say about that? I love the the pixel art and the sci-fi vibe and the time travel shit and the strategy is very difficult. There, it's. It, I've been playing so much strategy lately, especially on the Switch with like Banner Saga and even you know Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Um, but Into the Breach just it's like your every decision you make, you're like despite your uh, you're cutting off your hand despite your nose, uh, cutting off just your nose despite your face. It's what <laughs> I was trying to say. But basically, <laughs> despite your nose. Um, but anyways. It just like every decision fucks you up in one way, but you just have to make this decision to get this one thing to go away. And you don't even have to defeat your enemies, Dom, to end the battle. You just have to finish the amount of turns that they want you to get through because of the it's way. It's like a fire emblem the, thing. Like, well, it's just like humanity is being overrun by these Vec bug aliens. And so they're basically just trying to uh, hold them off until they fly away for a little while. It's really different, and it's it's really interesting. Really, like I said, cool vibes to the game. Um, and then, holy shit, I got so far into the rabbit hole with Luminous Remastered on Switch, guys. It is absolutely insane. This God, is Greg Miller like, over uh, here. <laughs> it's like a musical Tetris, I guess, and it's really, really hard to get started in. It's very difficult to get over the hump with and like learn your way in. But once you get it, man, it is such a flow state game, and that's what I was trying to to get with it. That's what I was hoping for, and it is fucking cool. And uh, yeah, enjoying it a lot. And I've had some very long sessions. Uh, you know, play it here on the TV for several hours. Grab the switch out of the dock. Go to my mom's house. Play for three hours. Run the battery down. Come back. Dock it and play again on the TV. Um, kind of like second screen it while I'm doing something on the big screen, watching a podcast or a a TV show, some bullshit anime or whatever. So, uh, those two games especially, and then, uh, yeah, I've been jumping around some of the normal Switch games that I've been playing, some more, a little bit of Setsuna and uh, Mario and Rabbids, as I talked about. 
Um, then, you know, I've been wanting Setsuna wasn't really doing it for me on the JRPG front, so I've been wanting something like that, and I just can't fucking do Octopath at $60. So I was like, oh shit, I can go on my 3DS and play Bravely Default, which is that studio's uh, earlier JRPG, and I have been enjoying the shit out of it. Matter of fact, um, there's some timers I should be keeping up with here um, as I this describe guy. this to you. Um, just making sure that, you know, my farm back home, basically I'm like farming, you're rebuilding stuff back home in your hometown and you're like, they're giving you potions and shit if you build a shop up, if that makes sense. Um, so it's a good little game. It's a fun little time. But uh, really, I would say this is probably the best example of one of these like throwback JRPGs that are... Uh, all about the quality of life shit and I'm all about that so um, you can fast forward through battles obviously um, they're great about telling you um, you know on the second screen on the 3DS you've got a, this little fairy anime fairy chick talking to you and she basically just reminds you what your objective is and it's so great if you're jumping back in or if you've been out grinding doing whatever it's uh, really nice to have that and then um, the reason it's called Bravely Default is because you're uh, braving and defaulting. So braving, you're like um, stacking up attacks. And so you can, you know, hit your enemy with like four attacks, but then you're not going to be hit, be able to use that character for several turns, several turns. And so um, if you're defaulting, then you're defending and you're kind of waiting and you're like saving up a turn. And so then you could default several times and then unleash several turns and then you're still ready to go when it comes back around to that character. Um, so um, lots of, like I said, quality of life, but then interesting battle stuff that they've implemented and um, the story's solid. There's plenty of goofy anime JRPG shit in there, but, uh, and, you know, it involves around, it evolves around a fucking, you know, world crystal or whatever that keeps the, the world alive you know it's classic jrpg bullshit but there's a lot of really interesting cool shit there too and then basically what i was mentioning and checking earlier is um you check back on your hometown and um rebuild up these different shops and they can give you potions they can give you weapon upgrades or um you know even magic upgrades whatever it may be um when you buy magic, you share it between the whole team, and then you just change the jobs like you would a uh, Final Fantasy game. Um, so your character is a white mage. She can use all the scrolls that you bought for those uh, magic um, techniques or whatever you want to call it, magic moves. Um, and so um, there's also this thing where you basically kind of have two jobs going at once. You have your main job, and then you have moves that you can use from a second job that you've unlocked. And so each character is kind of um, able to bounce back and forth. And there's just a lot of really cool shit with the um, battle system. And I've been playing it quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, Bravely Default, pretty cool. And then I think that'll be a better way to do it. Uh, play this studio's earlier game and then probably pick up Octopath once it's a little cheaper. Because it does look really cool. And it also looks like it's pushing even further on some of this stuff that I'm talking about. So You're not going to play Bravely Second? Um, no, I'm saying I'm probably playing these two, and by okay, then, gotcha. then I think Octopath will probably be cheap enough to where I'll get into it. Yeah. 
Sounds interesting. Bravely Default was a game that I wanted to get into, but by the time I got around to wanting to play a JRPG, I had already bought the Switch, so I was like, I'll just wait for Octopath, you know what I mean? Um, right. Not It's not that I wouldn't play it. Like I would love if that game got ported to Switch. Um, yeah, but. there's so many. Uh, it'd be nice if there was like a 3DS virtual console, and that would be a little bit hard because it's different, you know, dual with screen. the way the screens work. Yeah, yeah the dual screens work, but... Um, yeah, there's a lot of 3DS games that would be great on the Switch, and yeah, they would look not as great because they are like blown out. But um, a lot of great games there on the 3DS that are still worth playing. Let's hop into the news. Uh, first story revolves around actually one of Jordan's favorite developers, CD Projekt Red. So CD Projekt Red has announced uh, in a recent like posting that they received a demand for payment from the author of the Witcher series, um, Sip- <laughs> uh, A. Sapkowski. Um, so according to Sepkowski's lawyer, he's seeking $16.1 million, uh, stating Jeez. that the studio exceeded its right to use the IP. Sepkowski also stated he's willing to meet with the studio by October 19th to work out the matter. CD Projekt, wow. Red, CD Projekt Red has already responded to this and rejected the request on the basis that he wants additional royalties exceeding what was previously agreed upon. Yeah. Um, to this story, last year during an interview with Eurogamer, Sepkowski stated... They offered me a percentage of their profits. I said, no, there will be no profit at all. Give me all the money right now. The whole amount. It was stupid. I was stupid enough to leave everything in their hands because I didn't believe in their success. But who could foresee their success? I couldn't. Yeah. He's been salty ever fucking since. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah. It's interesting because a lot of people feel like, oh, yeah, it does. CD Projekt Red doesn't deserve to... They don't need to pay him, which I agree with. But... Um, there's actually part of Polish legislation um, with trademark that states that they basically have wording in there that states that you can get money back even if a deal had already been put in place if um, basically if they burned the, the, the people who created the intellectual property or if they made so much money that it doesn't justify the original deal like there's wording in the Polish uh, mm. in Polish law that basically states that Sepkowski can potentially get money from them. So it's not and like... they have made a lot of fucking money off of a tiny little deal. Yeah. What were you going to say, Dom? Yeah. Shit like that, I don't know. I kind of... I get it a lot of times, because that's what that kind of thing is really made for. Because we have some instances in the United States where there's, you know... Even if you agreed to certain things, if it's kind of, like, obvious that you got, quote-unquote, not, like, like, scammed, even if, like, you should have known... In some cases, you can win back money, right? But all um, of our, a lot, not all. It sounds of our stuff, like a lot of our stuff is more pro corporation than creator, though. In the United States, right? Yeah, yeah. It's something like this would not fly here, like because especially when he's gone on record saying like I, I screwed up and didn't yeah. believe in them, so I, they would definitely not get shit here. But it's that same kind of idea. But yeah, they are much more generous to individuals, I guess, over there. Apparently, at least that the way that law was written, but. I don't know. I don't. I think that's dumb. Yeah. You know? And as a creator, obviously, I think we all are under the assumption that we want people to get paid for what they created. But the problem is, is they offered this guy a percentage of it. You know what I mean? And he declined it. Right. So I have no sympathy for somebody who doesn't do their research um, and basically takes the raw end of it um, and then yeah. is spiteful later on and is petty, you know? And like Jordan said, mm-hmm. he's been like this ever since. Uh, I would say probably Witcher 2. I don't think Witcher 1 was, like, hugely successful. I think their success really started go- getting ramped up with Witcher 2. 
and like Witcher One was like a mod based off another game. It was yeah. it was weird. So yeah, Witcher Two was the shit. But and like we've talked about before, the, a lot of the reason why publishers have made made the Witcher games in English is because of the games. You know what I mean? There's books that still haven't yeah, even been books, published in English, which is crazy. Yeah, there's still another book we need, and it's like he's probably made so much more money off of the books than he ever would have imagined, you know, just selling them in Poland and Europe. So yeah, it's, it's a weird situation, but, um, I'm just glad to see that, you know, this cool fucking franchise is thriving either way. So, and they also CD Predator came out and said like, we like working with the people we get the intellectual property from. Like we don't want this to, uh, you know, we're basically the the person who made uh, Cyberpunk the board game. Cyberpunk the board game, yeah. They like made videos with him and stuff, so yeah. Yeah, and they basically want to say like, this isn't how we treat everybody we work with. This is, you know, we we care about the people we get the intellectual property from. Um, and I'm pretty sure that guy made <laughs> made the better bet of like, I'll take a percentage of profits. <laughs> I'm not gonna take a yeah. a lump sum. Um, and actually, uh, there's another book series called I think the Mist Room or the Mist Something. It's a very popular. Oh book series and that um the creator of that book series came out and said that he would love if cd project red made something out of his property and i guess it's very beloved and he said honestly you know what style like genre or style it is i'd be lying if i said yes i have no idea i just saw this was a thing people were talking liar. and uh he was like i'd even be willing to give it to, for free because his whole thing was like though i created the property they're turning into something else for a whole new audience it's pretty interesting to hear him talk about that of that's like wild Damn. yeah okay, that's a little too wild. far but that's a different perspective from a different artist right people have different perspectives on the stuff they make so for one person it's about actually creating the thing and the other person it's you know who knows you said it's called the mist room it's the mist something i have no idea it's the mist something <laughs> series um class a information um yeah i think we're all like on the same page there of like it sucks that you got you know, screwed out of all that money, but it was your fault. So <laughs> I don't think any of us feel bad for him necessarily. And the way he's handled it too, very petty. Um, the second news story: uh, a new Nintendo Switch model is potentially coming in 2019. So this is originally reported by the Wall Street Journal, but I had to go to Kotaku to get the story because Wall Street Journal is a subscription-based site um, because they're still back in 2005. So the Wall Street Journal is reporting that Nintendo will be introducing a new version of its popular Switch console next year. The report says that Nintendo hopes to boost the sales momentum of the Switch, which has dropped off uh, since its meteoric launch. Wall Street Journal claims that this new model would likely share many features with the current version and be compatible with existing Switch game software. It also says that Nintendo is still debating what new hardware and software features to include in the quote-unquote upgrade, with one option on the table being an upgraded screen closer to those found in the more recent smartphone LCDs, which would make it brighter, thinner, and more energy efficient. Um, a lot of people initially saw this story and they're like, oh god, they're making a new Switch already in terms of like, oh, it's not going to be compatible with the stuff I already own. Obviously, dude, this is going to be like, um, I don't even think as strong as like the PlayStation uh, Pro or the PlayStation 4 Pro or the Xbox One X. I think it's just more of like a, a slim model. It's like an Xbox One S type thing. Um, yeah. I'm not interested yeah. in it personally because I already recently purchased a Switch, so I'm not really looking towards buying a new one but you know right i'll say this i think you know i had more sync issues with my joy cons this week when two of my buddies were already playing mario kart on my pro controllers and i wanted to jump in with my joy cons and i realized that i have uh, 
a smaller living room with a lot of electronics, but none of my other systems have this issue. And I've just had so many little hardware issues here and there with Switch, and it just seems like there's been a lot of shoddy stuff that they rushed out the door, and is uncharacteristic of Nintendo, and um, regardless of what this thing looks like, I'm just upset with the way uh, my Switch hardware is, um, has handled, essentially, and this doesn't seem like they're really even fixing the problems I'm looking at mostly so yeah it's just the one thing that I really don't love about the switch is kind of the shoddiness of the hardware I would say yeah it's it's interesting I mean obviously you take those risks as being early adopters and I'm not saying it's justified like we yeah. deserve to yeah. have those issues but it is a risk you take sure. when early adopting and they said there's a yeah, lot of but like a launch PS4 is you know probably still running pretty decent at this point i would say sounds like and, a jet engine uh, but yeah it's still it's still running yeah i mean the ps4 pro like even digital foundries talked about they just sound like jet engines like that's not a strong suit of these consoles sure yeah um but you know um launch xbox one like i was talking about playing luminous at my mom's house my brother has a launch not a launch xbox one but you know like the original Xbox One within the VCR. a year or so. Yeah. Yeah, of the VCR of it coming out, and it works totally fine, even though my mom set a drink next to it and turned the console <laughs> off because that button is way too fucking sensitive. Um, but you just, like, brush up next to it, and it turns it off. That's the uh, console we I have. Netflix. Bought it two months yeah, after we it launched. Watching, so. We were just watching uh, Netflix. But anyways, yeah, like... These consoles are still holding up at least decently well. There's plenty of them, of those two that I just described, that have failed at this point. But, like, the Switch is in a whole different ball game when we're talking about hardware consistently, consistency and uh, dependability. And that, that just sucks, man. That sucks. Yeah. They said there's a lot of options on the table. So, though they mentioned the better screen, that isn't the only thing they're looking at. Um, but like you said, it would be great if they said, oh, one of the other ones they're definitely looking at is fixing the, the, uh, Joy-Con issues or the, the, the real problems people have with it, right? So we'll see. So. Uh, What's the, like, what is it? Like a seven inch screen? Uh, I'd assume, yeah. That we have now? I'll look um, it up right now. We're probably going to. Right. I would like a lot bigger screen. Like, I, honestly, I know it would be kind of like unwieldy, but if I had a 10 inch screen, that would be really nice. I think if anything they'd go smaller size. than bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying that knowing Nintendo. No, I would just love to have an iPad. Like I'm looking at looking this screen up. Okay, it's 6.2 inch 720p if it was this what I'm looking at this on which is an iPad, you know. This is more than 1080p, but if it was a 1080p 10 inch screen that would be fucking awesome, I think. And we'll probably see this at the January Direct, I assume, is where it gets announced. Usually, Nintendo doesn't do this type of stuff at E3 where they show off new hardware. Normally, none yeah. of them do. It's usually an event before E3. So, we know that we get those Nintendo January Directs. January and March are usually the two big dates at the beginning of the year. So, we'll probably see it then. Um, anything? how the Joy-Cons would fit into a 10-inch screen because they're not that size. Jesus. It was... Just a bunch of extra room on top and bottom. They look like baguettes from Olive Garden. Uh, oh god uh, Dom do you have anything to say about this or you want to move on no I mean I, until we see more yeah it's probably just a you know the yeah, DSi to the DS more. or whatever yeah. type of deal 
more hmm. efficient, maybe slightly better screen. I think I think efficiency is probably going to be the big difference. Like, like that, like the One S is way more you know electricity efficient than than the One for Xboxes, right? That's just something that when they keep the power the same, the power of the processor is the same. You know, over time, the new chips you know, can use way less electricity, which for the Switch is a huge, it's very very important, more so than you know the home consoles because it's portable, so potentially get more yeah. battery life on a new one. That's yeah, probably the biggest go... draw, I bet. Not to go too far into that rabbit hole, I was actually mentioning I put up a video in our chat about like the power delivery process that Nintendo uses for the Switch, and it's really weird, and it doesn't follow like a lot of standard protocols, and it means that you can like break your Switch if you're using a third-party dock and all this oh, shit. Yeah. So it'd be interesting if this fixed some of those problems. Um, I'm doubtful that it will, but um, yeah. And then I just think that, um, yeah, it would be nice to have uh, an updated Switch, but if, like what you were saying, Tom, you're saying DSi to DS Lite, I would rather it be a DS Lite to DS if I was going to, like, actually look into it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because DS to DS Lite, that's a big upgrade, but DS Lite to DSi is not anything oh, worth worrying okay. about. I don't. To be honest, I don't remember <laughs> the differences between well, the those. The DS compared to the DS Lite is kind of a piece of shit because it's like clunky and chunky, and um, it doesn't have okay. a backlight. So you need that was that a bigger jump. Okay. You need at least a DS Lite if you're going to play DS games. You know. Yeah. Um, let's get to the next story here. We were wondering. Uh, obviously, we had the announcement of XO18 last week by Xbox. We were wondering: Is PSX canceled? We don't know. They've announced it later yeah. than this date. Who knows? We got the confirmation actually the day after last week's recording via the PlayStation blogs ca- blogcast blogscast. On the latest PlayStation blogcast, Sean Layden, PlayStation Worldwide Studios chairman, stated, and I quote, For 2018, I know this is going to be a disappointment for some people, but we decided not to hold PlayStation experiences here. The reasons behind that... The reasons behind that really are we don't have... We have a lot of progress that we're making on our games. Now that we have Spider-Man out... the now that we have Spider-Man out the door, we're looking down into 2019 games like Dreams and Days Gone, but we wouldn't have enough to bring people all together in the same location. We don't want to set expectations really high and then not deliver on that. It was a hard decision, but we have determined that this year we will not hold PlayStation Experience. Part of our commitment is that going forward, we're going to amp that up. We're going to crank communications up and find more ways to get our message out and get a view into what our activities are and what our hopes and dreams are, if you will, for PlayStation and for Worldwide Studios. It's a very mumbled message of a lot of, like, ands and thes. (laughs) I mean, if I can just jump in, I'd like to say that they've just fumbled shit for about a year now as far as after E3... 2017 um they've just been doing fucked up shit like the couches at psx last year and i'm not necessarily even convinced that they were planning on doing it last year and then they brought together this whole couch bullshit and my thing is like if you're gonna do some couch shit bring it at e3 next year but no they decide to be artsy experimental and build a fucking church for the last of us demo (laughs) and all this dumb bullshit that takes 10 minute intermission where we're announcing pre-show games and it's like uh they've just done so much stupid bullshit recently and their their games are too good to be you know fumbled around uh outside of the demos you know yeah my biggest hang up and i was talking with you on the messages about this dom 
and I'm probably reading too much into it, obviously, but when he says, looking down into 2019 games like Dreams and Days Gone, it's weird to me that he didn't mention Last of Us 2 or Death Stranding, and I know those don't have dates, but neither does Dreams, right? Days Gone has a 2019 date. Dreams doesn't. So it's weird to me that he wouldn't mention those other games, but mention Dreams. And I don't know if that's him. Yeah. It, it's either him not wanting to obviously spoil Last of Us Part message. 2 or Death Stranding, or it could be that he wants people to know Dreams is finally going to be coming out, working this goddamn game out. You know what I mean? It's just weird that he chose those two titles for me. I don't know. I just... I mean, I think it's just him talking, and like, yeah. even though he's better at talking than most of us, like, that's just, like, maybe what he was thinking about most recently. Maybe he just got out of a meeting where, like, those are the bigger topics. So, like, you know, it's all those times where, like, we're talking, where, like, we can't think of something off the top of our head. Yeah. Even though we know it. It could be something as simple as that, and that's what I would bet on. I, I think maybe reading too much into it, but, yeah, it's a possibility that there's, uh, there's, a, there's an actual reason for that. And then maybe Last of Us, Death Stranding, we assume, is way far out, but... I mean, it could be a message about The Last of Us too. So, I don't know. Yeah, we'll it's very... The... With Sean Layden, it's very word vomity. Like, on stage, I like him as a presenter talking. He's gotten a lot better over the years. But, like, if you're having casual conversation, uh, I think Phil Spencer does that a lot better than Sean Layden does. Like, Sean Layden oh, yeah. tends to have a lot of, like, these weird roundabouts that he goes over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's just... And he's, like... Telling Corey Barlog to finish the game. Like, oh, that was very awkward. Yeah, on the couches last what? year. No. He's like, Why are you here? Go finish the game. And Corey Barlog's like, Dude, I'm it's dying. Like, you guys planned this. <laughs> you fucking planned this. You invited me here to talk about it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, making people uncomfortable in this stupid, uncomfortable situation. Um, Where but, did we get this, uh, like, quote from or whatever? Like, not Kotaku or whatever, but like, was it a. Was he on a podcast? Yeah, he what? was on the PlayStation broadcast. This was him directly talking, and this was pulled from it. So that's why there's, like, weird things where I pause where he says, the reasons behind yeah, that really yeah. are we don't have dot, dot, dot. We have a lot of progress because he paused there. Right, right. So, yeah. Man, that's even weirder because that's the PlayStation podcast where it could literally be scripted. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's not like he was no. getting interviewed by someone and he didn't know. Or he could have came with <laughs> something. You don't want it yeah. to seem like that, but, like, he still should have, like, they could have talked about the fact, like, yeah, we're going to talk about PSX or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to mention that it's canceled. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, yeah, definitely could have been prepped at least. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, obviously, for PlayStation fans, it sucks. It's really disappointing that they're not going to have PSX. But in terms of last year, if this show is going to be the same as last year, then, yeah, uh, yeah it's good that it's canceled. Um, people thought that, you know, because this was canceled, that means we're getting PlayStation 5 announced next, early next spring. I don't think that's what it is. I think it's directly what he said that they don't have a lot of stuff. And it's funny because for a couple of years there, PlayStation was like, here are all these exclusives. Boom, 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 boom. And then they reached the end, the, the bad side of their strategy where it's like, well, everyone knows what you're coming out with already. So how are you going to continue getting people excited? And they realize that you can't really. Yet you release really Wait, great so. games, but in terms of building hype, it's like once you announce everything, what do you do now that these games that you announced aren't out yet? But you don't have any new games to announce. You know what I mean? So I it's watched like a weird... the goofy ass Tokyo Game Show where they were like, the PlayStation symbols were, you know, like racing this uh, oh, yeah. dual shock around space. They didn't do a uh, Paris Games Week presentation this year, did they? I don't think Paris so Games Week's it... happened yet, has it? It's somewhere around this time. That's why I'm like. I'm Googling. Let me check. Okay. We're going back and forth about looking shit up. This we're you know we're trying to keep the corrections down. 
Yeah, I want to make sure that we're getting the information correct. It's happening October 26th to the 30th, so it hasn't happened yet. And they're doing it? Uh, I don't know. This The whole website I went to is in French, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd assume they are, though. I assume they'll have a presentation there. With Dreams having the Game Informer article, too, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the release date at Paris Games Week announced. You know what I mean? Yeah, it just... I feel like we would know about, like, a presentation they were going to have at this point, and, yeah, it's just... PlayStation's kind of in a weird spot as far as how to show off their exclusives, what time, where, all this shit. But so. the good thing is, this, this winter, we have... Uh, XO18, which is happening in November. Yep, yep, yep. We have the Game Awards, and we have the kind of funny uh, indie showcase, or just showcase. It's probably going to be a lot of indie games. I oh, don't what is that? Be... Oh, you didn't hear about this. So Greg Miller basically announced because PSX isn't happening, he said all developers and publishers message us because PSX isn't happening, we're going to do a kind of funny games showcase, and people were emailing oh, him trailers and stuff. fucking thing now, dude. It's yeah. going to be a thing. It's cool. It, the people he's getting contacted by... He said there's some interesting stuff there, so I assume like mostly it'll be, indie games, it'll be kind of a thing this year, but like two years down the road, this is gonna be a fucking thing. Just wait. Um, I want to get to the last story. Uh, so this one's interesting. Speaking of XO18, according to Reset Era, and this is all rumor and conjecture, but there's a lot of information here. It's the reason I want to talk about it, because um, I always want an excuse to talk about what Rocksteady is gonna be doing next. Rocksteady's revealing new game at XO18. There is a rumor posted on the Reset Error forums corroborated by different sources surrounding Rocksteady's next game and where we'll potentially see it unveiled. The rumor suggests that the game will be called Arkham Universe and will be unveiled Batman at... Beyond, colon, Batman Beyond. <laughs> and will be unveiled at Xbox's upcoming XO18 event that's set to return for the first time in a decade. Phil Spencer stated that Xbox fans should expect some big surprises during his announcement of the event during his announcement of the event in September. Um, I want to go over the information that they provided on Reset Era. Once again, take this with a massive grain of salt, but I figured we want to talk about it because we all three of us love Batman. We really enjoy the, yeah, the, yeah. the Rocksteady games. So here's the rundown. Arkham Universe. Hmm. You ready for this, Dom? Bring it. So I'm going to read the entire entry because it's actually not too long. Let me start off by saying that Rocksteady isn't making the Harry Potter game. That's Avalanche Software, WB's new studio they purchased last year. To all those who are hopping on, hoping that Rocksteady was moving on from the Arkhamverse and making a different type of DC game, I'm sorry, but they aren't. There's no Justice League or Superman game in development. Rocksteady's new multiplayer Batman game is scheduled to get announced at XO18. Here's everything I know. Oh, God! Oh, Arkham Universe! Title, DC's Arkham Universe. Release date, Fall 2019. Uh... Release console, Xbox One X, Xbox One, PS4, PS4 Pro, PC. Uh, single player co-op, multiplayer specific modes, so there will be a story campaign. Um, yeah. Characters include the entire Bat family, Batman, uh, Tim Drake, Robin, Nightwing, Batgirl, Batwoman, Catwoman, Red Hood. Gotham is about 1.5 times the size of uh, Arkham Knight. Districts and neighborhoods have gone through complete overhaul. Gotham is now a living, breathing city, in quotes. Uh, you can set time of day, and there's also diff differing weather, rain, uh, overcast, snow. There are random crimes such as car chases, bank robberies, muggings, and so forth. I'm assuming like Spider-Man. That's me. That's my conjecture. Um, I'm hung up. There is no super ga Superman game in development. That shit is crazy, dude. I'm sorry. Yeah, just, this is all rumor. Who knows? This could easily yeah, be sure, wrong. Yeah, sure, but like, 
Oh god, yeah. there is no Superman game and development. Like, what are you guys doing then? Let's get to the second half of this triple triads DC. <laughs> second half of this information. Arkham? The main villain of the game will be the Court of Owls. Story takes inspiration from the different Court of Owls storylines. Every character is available in free roam. Batman has a redesigned Batmobile, transport only, and the other characters have their cycles. Batcave serves as a main hub for upgrades, character swaps, new missions, and game modes. Gameplay similar to past Arkham games, but there are new options for co-op dual takedowns in combat and stealth. Stealth segments make you work together if you're playing in multiplayer. Parkour has been expanded. Characters move a lot quicker and more fluid. Main gadgets are the same except for a couple of new additions. New enemy types include talons and pilots, enemies that hover the battlefield. You have to either use a gadget or dual takedown to get them down. Talons are the same as the ninja types from Batman Arkham Knight. They can counter your counters and also have their own gadgets. Knife, throwing knife, etc. Game takes place in the Ugh, Arkhamverse, Court of obviously. Owls is such a single player thing, dude. There's a single player mode. Yeah, so... No, I know, but it's like, uh, that would be great for just a regular Arkham game, you know, the Court and of Owls. But who's to continue. know, because he said single player co-op and multiplayer, who's to say that this isn't a traditional Arkham game, but it has a multiplayer game mode? You know, when you hear this I information, it could be filtered differently, so who knows. There's a couple I of things I want anything, to get to. it's kind of Destiny, where it's like, you know, you can enjoy the story by yourself or whatever. So, game takes place in the Arkhamverse, obviously. This is supposed to be Rocksteady's true, quote-unquote, last hurrah of Batman games. Rocksteady... Oh, <laughs> this is the second half, and then we'll get into all of our um, opinions on this. Uh, Rocksteady uh, rumors have been coming in like hotcakes lately, and while this could be piggybacking off of the last flu, there seems to be uh, at least some merit to it. Reddit users have identified that various Arkham Universe domains were registered by WB Interactive a few years ago when they did the same trademarks for the Arkham Origins Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham Origins Arkham City remaster, and supposedly the cancelled WB Montreal Arkham game when they were all created. With what we know about Rocksteady's game, that it isn't a Superman or Justice League game, but it is a game featuring superheroes and contains games-as-service multiplayer elements, so Destiny, this could very well be yeah. true. XO18 is about a month away, and while Rocksteady in the past was partnered with Sony, last year WB's other AAA studio, Monolith, had Shadow of War partnered with Microsoft. Possibly could be a turning of the tide for Warner Brothers. Absolutely. Um, so, I don't want to necessarily discuss whether we think this is true or not because obviously this is just a rumor and we could be like oh yeah it's whatever i don't think there's any fun in that discussion i want to talk to you guys for somebody who i think both of you love the arkham games more than i do i really like them but i think you guys really love them for the most part i want to take have your take on if this game exists I like them a lot what's your opinion on it i also want to give a quick shout out say what you will about the arkham games the comics that are connected to them not as good as the Injustice comics maybe, but the Arkham comics are pretty fucking solid. And uh, my take on this, Jared, <laughs> is that, uh, you know, obviously you know I would like less of a Destiny and more of a regular type Arkham Court of Owls game. I don't know. The, the statement that there is no Superman game in development is pretty crazy and it's just you know, it's weird that, uh, so I watched the, uh, Marvel Rising, uh, little movie that Marvel did, and the, uh, animation that Marvel does is just not nearly anywhere close to DC. Um, but now we see with Spider-Man, like, their games are really probably about to take the fuck off. 
and DC almost like started that way, but it's really only been with the Batman games, and I'm hoping that they're not getting like stuck in like an Arkham type rut here, and that their games can take off in other ways. Like their needs, you know, we've heard about a canceled Suicide Squad game, um, which I guess would be the WB Montreal game. I don't know. There's just the canceled Damian Wayne game. Yeah, there's like all these rumors like. We, we should be getting a Batman Beyond game. We should be getting a Suicide Squad game. We should be getting a Superman and a Justice League. And they can be like Spider-Man and hopefully this upcoming Avengers game where they're not... They can be, you know, um, self-contained. Uh, but yeah, I'm just... I'm hoping they're not getting in the Arkham rut here. We'll see. Dom, what's your take? That was a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean... Why not, I guess? I think, for me, I might have been more resistant to this, but uh, Fallout 76 is kind of... Uh, it's kind of what it sounds like. Right, it kind of feels the same thing, where it's like typically a single-player thing is doing some new things and wants to you know, expand into a, a multiplayer type of world, not necessarily like, not necessarily an MMO, not necessarily like a competitive yeah, multiplayer yeah. thing, but kind of its own unique thing i don't know but to me i i'm feeling a lot of similarities to that in uh, what they're doing here i mean based on the rumor and i think fallout 76 while i was also hesitant at first you know it started to grow on me and i'm starting to like okay you know what i'm gonna give this a fair shake which for me in multiplayer games is unusual so and initially i was like oh no shaking my head like i don't want this at all but then by the time you're done reading all that you know halfway through i was like you know what this could be fucking really cool this could be awesome um and obviously, like we gotta, if nothing else, you gotta at least let them present it before you make, even then, a, what you could call a pre pre judgment. You know, let alone yeah. playing the game before you yeah. judge it or watching a review. But um, I think this could be really cool, and I'm looking at it probably more optimistically than uh, I assume that everyone on you know that was a is reset era like a forum or something. Yeah, I it's, pro- it's, the, it's like it's the biggest like forum where they break rumors and speculation and news and stuff. So That's why I even like included okay, it. So it's like the new gaff. Yeah, it's it's gaff. It's yeah, gaff. It's, yeah. They basically like okay. took the bones from gaff. Like a lot of moderators from gaff mm-hmm. made reset era, right, Jared? Yeah. Once the owner was After... found to be a complete pos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah. So I, I just. <laughs> Wait, what? What is a piece POS? Of shit. A piece, piece of, of shit? Yeah, yeah. But you could be saying like a person of suspect savagery. <laughs> yeah, savagery. That'd be cool. But no, I, I feel like the internet, uh, you know, is probably gonna like shit this idea or shit on this idea right out of the gate. Like, nah, nah. Like, we want either we want Superman or Justice League, or we just want you know another a better Arkham game. There is no Superman to, game in development, Dom. What the fuck? What? I want, but. I think let's give this a chance. I think this could be really, really cool. So going into this, this discussion is so funny. I thought you two were going to be vehemently opposed to it, right? Just because of your take on it. You guys are more single-player yeah. guys, right? That's what I assumed. Yeah, they've you guys got be- the story there. If they've got the story and they do Court of Owls right, that could be cool because they make good Arkham stories. You know. Yeah. Funny enough, I really dislike this. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say the obsession with Court of Owls, like they've done it in the animated movies. Obviously, it started in the comics and now it's making its way to the games. Like, I, it's the latest like big uh, kind of hallmark Batman arc and uh, event, if you will. 
And so I hope we're not getting too hooked up on Court of Owls just in general. Well, sorry. It, you can go, Dom, and then I'll say what I want to say. So <laughs> Dom. Okay. Picture this. Like, the core gameplay is, is like you described, and you got your co-op people coming in and whatever it is. But, like, imagine, um, you know, kind of like Dark Souls style. Like, you invade someone else's Gotham, and even with your buddies, like, you and a group of your ganker fucking asshole buddies, you know, invade someone's Arkham world, and, like, you're robbing a bank. And then, like, you gotta, like, beat out the clock before, like, that player's Batman comes to stop you or whatever, and then you, you fight Batman as a Dumb. random thug. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, well, it would have to be done say, right. But I thought you were cool. talking about certain characters. I thought you were going to talk about somebody like Red Hood who shout. I gotta give a quick swerve shout out to Red Hood's new look in the comics, dude. He looks like a combination between Red Hood, obviously, and Casey Jones. He has like a crowbar now and he has like a just like this cool jacket on and this mask with a hood over his head like he looks very much like Casey Jones and if they have a Red Hood you know uh, DC Rebirth Casey Jones skin in this game then I'm giving it my stamp of approval. Yeah so um, I I don't when I was talking about I wasn't talking about Court of Owls necessarily that I disliked I, I don't like for me, Batman is such a solitary character and deals with things on his own. It's kind of like one of his flaws is that he doesn't want help a lot of the times. So he thinks he can figure it out himself. So for me, playing a games of service game with other people kind of pulls me out of that, out of the immersion. You know what Good I mean? Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would. don't get me wrong. It would be cool to play with my friends and I, I'm a Nightwing on his bike and somebody else's Batwoman or Batgirl or whatever. I, oh, man. If they had the Batgirl of, Burns, Batgirl of Burnside costume, that'd be dope. Like, I don't know how well you can see this. I think you can see it pretty well. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he looks like one. Of the, he looks like a noob Cybot or somebody from uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but like it just reminds me of a crossover between him and Casey Jones, and I would love to see like him robbing some banks or whatever. Like if you've seen Smoke from Mortal Kombat Ten, it his whole face thing is completely that. Um, yeah. So oh, I lost my train of thought. So I I dislike the multiplayer aspect of it. Um, which is funny because usually I'm the one that's like, let's give it a chance. And Dom is like, nah, I'm good. And you're the one that's like, let's give it a chance. That being said, I do think there's a lot of validity to this because you know what? This would give them a lot of experience and a lot of uh, feedback for a Justice League game. If you make a Batman game where you play multiplayer and everyone has a different character, people will be willing to buy into that, right? Because they already love the other Rocksteady Batman games. So if you get that experience of having multiple players in a game, and it's a games of service game, that gives you a lot of experience for a Justice League game. A lot of experience. You know, first of all, we don't necessarily... I mean, this is still kind of a lock-in, but it looks like, I guess, Rocksteady's going down the train of, like pretty much be in a DC studio, you know, that makes, like, DC video games. And um, I think a better stepping stone to Justice League for them would have been a Superman game. You know, <laughs> just a singular Superman game, because he's going to yeah. be hard to implement. And then, what, are you going to make the Justice League, like, six, seven members, and you're incorporating Flash and Hawk Girl or somebody like that, and it's just as well as Superman and Batman and than Wonder Woman and maybe a Green Lantern. So it's like, yeah, I think a Superman game would be, I think should be what they're bringing out. But I think this will be cool too. Yeah. I, I, for me, with this whole report, I think the one thing that I have the most 
believability in is that we could see yeah. it at uh, XO18. Other than that, everything else could completely be wrong, and it could, could not be a Batman game. It could not be a multiplayer game, whatever. It could not be called Arkham Universe. I think the, the thing that yeah. holds the most possibility out of this entire thing is that we could see Rocksteady's game at XO18 or Game Awards. You know what I mean? Everything else, I'm like, gotcha. maybe. So, who knows? Um, anything else you guys want to say before we move on to closing the show? No? You know, those those concept art images of Brainiac and Doomsday and Superman for that <laughs> for that Superman game I thought we were getting, you know. Brainiac looked super dope in Justice League No Justice, the recent comic event, and uh, don't give, even get me started on the Cyborg suits, but he gave Cyborg a really cool suit. It just sucks that we're not getting, like, more Superman shit because, yeah, obviously Batman's my fucking dude, but, like, Superman does deserve to have his own fucking video games, like the awesome Spider-Man shit that we just got, or like the awesome Arkham games we've got. So, Jordan, consider this and more impossible than <clears throat> than anything maybe we've ever talked about. What if this is a ruse? What if one of their developers went and put this <laughs> rumor know, out man. into the world, and then I... come EXO 2018, they reveal a standalone single-player Superman game that they've been working on for years. And it's just been, and they have a demo, and it looks nuts. There is and no awesome. Superman game of development. <laughs> but also, but what if this is? Doom- I want to get to like Green Lantern games and stuff like that. But who knows? What if this is W Montreal's game? They have so many employees; they haven't made anything in a long time. Oh yeah. And the time right. that they're taking that could be spent on trying to figure out multiplayer, right? So, well, the whole Suicide Squad cancel game that they had. Who the fuck? Knows, yeah, man. It, we'll see. The DC games, like I said. Like I kind of started with, I just feel like they're in a weird um, state, unfortunately. And uh, as opposed to the Marvel games, if you could only take, like I said earlier, if you could only take one thing and you're like, this needs to be true, it'd be seeing Rocksteady's game at the by the end of this year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, let's fucking do it. You know, I want that Red Hood Casey Jones skin. Let's fucking go, boys. Uh, let's close out the show that we're going to be playing. So more for, uh, Forza Horizon Four for me. Um, obviously, Assassin's Creed Odyssey comes out I already have that pre-downloaded, ready to go. Can't wait to jump into that. Um, My big thing with it, and I don't want to... We can have this discussion whenever we get around to playing the game, is that I think I'm going to really love Odyssey like I really enjoyed Origins. The thing that sucks, though, is I love it because of the game it is and not because it's an Assassin's Creed game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Origins is an Assassin's Creed game from the core DNA, and I don't think Odyssey is. I'm not saying that means they're bad games. I think they're great games. But... The, these games aren't what Assassin's Creed is at its DNA. Like, it just it sucks. Yeah. Like, I, like we talked about in the mess in our messages. I wish there was a like a you know games coming alongside these, like you know that were actually in the DNA of what we know for Assassin's Creed. So I wish they would just do Assassin's Creed games with that core DNA that you're talking about, but then stop doing this bashful skittish RPG one step at a time. Just make it a fucking RPG but with the core DNA and like, you know, actually do something with the story that everybody's wondering about with the, the whole general story of the series. And I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, also debating going to see Venom this weekend or maybe next weekend. I was Mm. planning on seeing it this weekend, but boy, howdy. I saw a couple of reviews that said this is, I saw a couple of reviews that said this movie is potentially worse than Halle Berry's Catwoman. Which I'm oh like, my God. Jesus. I thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say Spider-Man Three. No, like worse than that, like Catwoman wow. levels of bad. And then I've seen other people say that it's yeah. funny, but then when you read into that, they say, "Yeah, I was laughing at these parts that were probably meant to be emotional beat in the movie." 
um, which isn't good, <laughs> I but mean, I guess it works. I, I definitely think this is a movie that'll be like watching on my couch and like yes. the effects. So they look decent, and it looks like a decent fit, and they're not terribly like fucking it up. So it's like, yeah, it, it sucks. You know, same thing with the games, man. It sucks that we're not getting like awesome Venom movies <clears> and awesome. Um, obviously DC live action movies it's weird how they can fuck these things up so bad X-Men obviously but you know it is what it is there's other stuff that'll probably be playing as well but uh, that's it for me what about you guys <gasps> guys 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 alright got one thing <laughs> there's one thing oh Assassin's shoot Creed that's right. Odyssey has got you all up in a tizzy oh no nope uh, I forgot about Mario God of War 3 actually yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna play God of War three. Actually, that is. I forgot all about that. But thanks for bringing up. <laughs> but what I was getting exciting about is what Jordan just said. Super Mario Party. The reviews Super are looking Mario good. Party. At least in comparison to other Mario Party games, I think the reviews are looking really good. The weird um, complaint is that people are mad that they limited it to twenty turn games, and I'm like, that's fine. I never want to play a game longer than twenty turns. It I remember like you used to have the options. I got so fucking burned on tennis that I just can't spend 60 on this game, and I'm going to have to wait yeah. and wait for this game. And it's probably better than tennis in the long run, but I just got burned. Like, there's great parts of tennis, but just, like, there's a lot of it I just got burned on. Man. Yeah. Well, this is it. Well, oh, back to your first point, Jared. Yeah, I remember, like, you used to have the choice, right? Like, 20 or 40 turns or whatever did you want to play, right? And, yeah, I... I remember as, as a kid, like, if you did the longest amount, which I think was 50, like, that was just, a, it was a marathon, and you got sick of it by yeah. the end. So, so I'm with you, where, like, 20-turn games, that's fine for me, man. That actually seems ideal, to be honest. Um, it's like an hour and a half to but, two hours, give or take. That's, like, fine. Yeah, I'm that's fine a with long-ass that. time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was weird. I, I agree with you. That was weird that people complained. But all, I've, I've read a few reviews, and it seems like, that the core mechanics are going back to like what the original Mario Party games were about. Yep. Like this is co-op, and this is you're screwing each other over. There's a big luck element, um, yep. and you know a random element. Did you hear the change so to the end? There. The end stars at the end of the game. For me, it sounded not that big of a change. Like there's still it's positive stars awarded at the end. Yeah, so but instead it was random. Right? Yeah, it was said to be like you know most coins, most mini game wins, and. Uh, forgot the last one and it used to be those ones all the time now it's two random mm -hmm. ones so it's cool yeah, because it adds like even that. more randomness exactly yeah yeah it could be so, like whoever jumped on most people's heads or just some random stat yeah right? i think that's cool because the randomness i think is important and that's where like that's where i think mario kart and i'm reluctant to say this but i think didn't have quite enough randomness sometimes yeah to make it too fun like if someone's really good then they can pretty consistently win so like more but Mario Party seems like like randomness I think will make it more fun for co-op and stuff which is the point um, and apparently all the for the most part all the mini games of which there's 80 which is awesome uh, they're pretty, supposed to be pretty good yeah yeah. Um, so I'm hyped for that so, apparently the new modes aren't too impressive but what's there the, core. You know, the traditional stuff is all there and it's what I wanted it's exact this, it's just so much what I want right now um, Jordan what were you going to say I was just going to say I'll wait for you you know other than the hardware issues, which are very frustrating with the Switch, I've had a lot of great co-op experiences between, obviously, kart, uh, tennis, and even stuff like Tetris now, Puyo Puyo Tetris. Um, there's tons of different stuff on there, but um, if this ends up being a great couch co-op game from your perspective, then I'll, I might end up picking up, I, I just, 
I can't because of tennis. I can't go day one, but uh, it's it's definitely one of those games that seems like as long as it's you know more than like a seven point five, I guess it'll be adding to the Switch's already strong library of both first party games and couch co op games and just mm-hmm. games in general. I think yeah, it seems to be swimming in sevens as we like to say, um, which maybe, is what maybe. that's good for this this game, I think. People just um, wanted what they remembered from Mario Party. Like, they, Nintendo was, like, yeah, changing it exactly. way too much. It's like, just give us the, the the core experience we remember, updated graphics, new fun minigames, boom, you got us, you know? And and this yeah, isn't, so, Jordan, this isn't going to be, I, I would, I could only imagine it would be miserable to play it by yourself, so, I, you know what I mean? So He I, has people over all the time. He was talking about his Joy-Con yeah. issues, remember? Well, like, that's the thing, the multiplayer I play is obviously not online multiplayer but if uh i'm doing couch co-op then yeah i do a lot of the cart the the stuff that i just mentioned but um if this is good enough co-op um then i'd probably be down for it yeah are you playing it this weekend hell yes tomorrow night so yeah i'll i'll be hitting you up to see how it is this weekend it's so it's so funny that you're going to be playing Mario Party and I'm going to be playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's cool, though. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah, like I was saying on our chat, since we're into that part of the show, like, it's really weird that this is, I mean, the first time in a long time, maybe ever, for the whole Assassin's Creed mainline series that I'm not, you know, like, basically day one or, or worried about it around launch or, like, you know, hyped up for this game. So I still need to get back into... Uh, Origins and, and really get through that, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how my Assassin's Creed uh, relationship goes from here. What are you going to be playing? Since it um, won't be Assassin's so, Creed. Yeah, exactly. It's weird, right? Uh, but um, and not even Mario Party. I'll still be playing uh, Luminescent into the Breach on Switch. I'm sure. Like I said, I do need to probably hop back into Origins at some point. I do need to hop back in and keep playing uh, through the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, I yeah, have you do. Distracted. <laughs> I have gotten distracted with these fucking um, these little Switch games, man. There's so many great little Switch games out there. But uh, yeah, so that and then um, reading uh, the comics that I was talking about, you know, I'll be breaking down to some of the more. Uh, individual heroes in DC now that I've caught up with like their teams the Titans and the Justice Leagues and the Suicide Squad type of stuff so you know some Wonder Woman some Green Lantern some Flash some Green Arrow stuff like that Um, definitely excited about the Green Lantern stuff Um, so there's that and then um, Jared are you going to be reading the new Green Lantern comic coming up not sure not sure yeah I'm excited for that um, I guess that starts next month. Um, and then, you know, catching up with that Marvel fresh start. And then um, this will be a little bit further down the road, but once I've uh, really kind of put DC um, current stuff away, except for the stuff that I'm keeping up with, then I'll be able to get back to uh, the Marvel Now stuff that I was reading. So um, there's that. And then uh, watching some more of the Fate slash Stay <laughs> Unlimited Blade Works um, anime, which is really great. Um, really enjoyed Fate Zero. Um, it is a really fucking great series. Um, and then more Batman Beyond. 
since we're not getting the game that we should be getting, it kind of sucks. But you know, I know I've kept talking about this uh, Batman animated series remaster, but I'm already going to be chiming this horn for the Batman Beyond uh, HD remaster. It's just got to fucking happen. It's just got to fucking happen. You know, we've got Batman, we've got uh, Justice League. We've even got stuff like Avatar The Last Airbender and Samurai Jack. It's time for the, the rest of the classics to happen. And I'm even playing in the bell for old uh, Superman the Animated Series at this point. And, you know, I'm going to need some static shock down the road. Who knows? I'm just saying. Uh, real, so, um, yeah. real quick before we close the show, I want a percentage from each of you. How likely Rocksteady's next game is at XO18? Very. 10%. So very would be like probably seventy plus, seventy five. Okay. <laughs> what what's how likely do you think it is that we see the Avengers project instead of Rocksteady's game? Five percent, fifty percent. You think 50%. it's less like you think it's less likely to see a, the Avengers project than Rocksteady's game? I mean, I I, I guess it's the same. With I mean the way. Yeah. Spider-Man's going like they gotta get. It's time to get this Avengers game shown. Like they gotta. That could be Game Awards though. That's a tough thing. Is like, it probably won't be at X eighteen because it'll. If it's gonna be somewhere, it'll be at Game Awards. You know, Jeff Keighley getting them. If that's, if that's the next big AAA Marvel game after Spider-Man, they really need to start knocking these out of the park. Like some, you know, obviously the Avengers game, the Guardians game, Spider-Man two, um, and then even branching into other stuff you know x-men games hopefully by that point punisher my machine games god God damn fuck that's crazy dude that's crazy oh man if those if the wolfenstein guys can make punisher that'd be dope anyways thank you guys for listening to episode 114 of the controlled interest gamecast as always uh if you can follow us on itunes leave us a review it definitely helps subscribe to us on youtube leave us a like that also helps you can follow me at jared underscore you can follow jordan at mellow modus you can follow dom at dom's oreos and you can follow us as a collective at CTRLINT. That's Controlled Interest Abbreviated. We'll catch you guys next week in episode 115. We'll see you guys then. Bye.